Welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast live, Ray Morrison, from our respective houses, because yep. if you've looked outside recently, uh, it's absolutely terrible out there. So that is why we are just going to stay at home this week for episode 62 of the YXC Sports Podcast. We still are live on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page, YXC Sports Podcast Facebook's page, No YXC, and of course on all your uh, streaming audio services as well but yeah it's pretty gross outside well our drop date of course is march 29th that's the the date of the store march 28th you were in my backyard we were socially distanced uh, 24 hours ago on a 17 degree day mm-hmm. now, with shorts uh, on with shorts on and yeah. Uh, so yeah in like a lamb out like a lion i guess is how this month is gonna go yeah no for sure is uh kind of fitting with the winter that we've had of course we yeah. had that big snowstorm uh in November at the start of November so that was kind of the kickoff to winter so it's only fitting that we get one last big storm yep. before April rolls around of course which is later on this week I uh, just want to let everybody know that you can win a Wendell Clark's classic grill and bar gift certificate all you have to do is comment on the live stream tonight and if that comment gets used you'll be entered to win a Wendell Clark's classic grill and bar gift certificate uh, Ray Morrison we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, of course, last week we had um, Dave King on. But yep. uh, what's been in the news recently, of course, is the CFL-XFL potential merger news. Yep. And that news just isn't going to go away. So we might as well address it because former uh, CFL insider Gary Lawless had some interesting points to make about the CFL-XFL merger. Well, it's kind of funny because as you and I talked about, uh, we thought everybody was getting excited because, you know, Randy Ambrosi said, you know, yeah, we're having discussions with the XFL. We'll see where it goes. And if you know Randy Ambrosi and followed him through CFL 2.0, his line was, look, we're not the smallest um, football league in North America. We're the second largest in the world. And that's where this idea to go to France and Germany and these other countries came from. So he is an outside-of-the-box thinker. So when he approached the XFL about discussions, I had thought that, you know, yeah, that's Randy Ambrosi being Ambrosi, and there's really no need to get all that excited about it. But, boy, The Rock, Danny Garcia, uh, and Redbird Capital, right? They were selected as the winning bidder of the XFL last August, after the league um, lost all kinds of money and went bankrupt, they kind of stepped in and, and took over. And, of course, uh, The Rock uh, has uh, some CFL experience from his playing days. And so we wondered where this might go. Well, I've heard from more than one person, including Gary Lawless on an interview on TSN. Uh, I can't remember where the interview was. I think it might have been Three Down Nation. But between that and TSN.ca, there could be a little more to this than perhaps I first thought a couple of weeks ago that, um, you know, these are more than just, Hey, let's promote football on both sides of the border. Um, Something transformational could be happening. So I was, I was a little bit misguided on that point, but I've heard from a couple of people that um, yeah, this chatter about maybe um, four down, but Canadian field football could be a thing, you know, or, you know, uh, it, it, there's all sorts of questions though, Matt, that I still bring to the forefront on this thing is, you know, what type of year, what, what, when on the calendar year are you going to play? Because yeah, we, yeah. We, we know that on this side of the border, you can't go against the NHL playoffs. You start playing football in, you know, March, April, May. That's not going to be a thing. 
here. Well, and to be playing football in March, I mean, just have a look outside. Right. Could you imagine the Riders playing a team from wherever at home down in Mosaic on March 29th? And there's a big blizzard out there. So um, you brought up the point about how, obviously, the Rock, they won the winning bid for the XFL. The CFL lost between 60 and $80 million, it's estimated, by not playing uh, this past year. So, you know, the CFL is in need of some financial help as well. And it is too bad because, you know, I think a lot of people are finally starting to realize that the CFL game as it stands now just probably isn't going to be viable for very much longer, which is too bad because I always thought that we had a good thing going, but for whatever reason, the the general population of Canada, not everybody, but the general population of Canada, uh, for whatever reason, just doesn't want to get behind the CFL. Yeah, and that that is frustrating in the metro markets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we and we've been down this road before on this podcast. I I don't know what is with the people in the center of the universe or <laughs> on the BC coast that they won't take to Canadian football. It's got to be four down football or nothing. Um, but uh, today, March 29th, again the drop date here. Um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers announced their financials a seven million dollar loss. Yeah, uh, you know, for a community owned team, that's tough. $32.3 million revenue decrease from the year before when they played, right? And you think about what a high point that was for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the Grey Cup. They, You know, it was a long drought that Winnipeg had before winning the 2019 Grey Cup. Um, you know, and you kind of get over that hump and things are going well financially and then this pandemic hits and you're not on the field for 2020. And... Um, you know, Randy Ambrosi's up against it a little bit. And you and I talked about how a few months ago uh, in committee, he didn't handle himself well with uh, MP Kevin Waugh. When Kevin Waugh asked if the money the CFL was going to the government for was a bailout or a loan, he really didn't know what to do with that question. And now this conversation with the XFL has put Randy Ambrosi in a bit of a tough spot with Canadian football purists, the the three down 110-yard uh, field and I, I guess I'd say two things to that. One, um, in the history of the NFL, they've had four commissioners. The CFL averages a new commissioner every four years. Just think about that for a second. Like that's that. Like you're not going to gain any traction if you keep turning over commissioners. And you know, Randy Ambrosi is a passionate guy who has played, who understands the Canadian Football League. So those calling for Randy Ambrosi to go. I'm I'm not sure that would be that wouldn't accomplish anything I don't think. And here's the other thing too. If we are going to delve into some sort of hybrid football, some American Canadian football, we might not have a choice because yeah. you think about the situation in Saskatchewan and you think about the situation in Winnipeg and other markets. Um there are stadiums to pay for. There are brand new stadiums to pay for in two cities where the Canadian Football League is more popular than probably the other seven. So, you know, we if there is a hybrid game, I'm pretty sure that football fans, as long as you don't be changing the logos or the names, they'll still come out and support it. Um, the other question I have, Matt, I don't know how to get my head around this is, what do you do about the Canadian ratio? Like, yeah. how, how do you, like, if you have teams in the United States, how do you implement to them? Yeah, half of your rosters have to be Canadian. And we kind of went through this, and I remember the 1990s expansion or into the U.S. with, uh, you know, the Stallions and and uh, those teams. Um, 
I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, you talked about, and you, you said it well when you said, you know, there might be a variation of the CFL we know now, let's say in 2023, because, you know, the league has only gained so much traction, but uh, boy, what does that look like for Canadian players? I, I, I don't know. And are you putting the Canadian teams at a disadvantage by saying, Hey, you have to maintain the ratio, but you don't have to. And that's, I don't know what the answer is to that, but these are going to be some of the discussions that if there is more to this CFL XFL thing than just conversation, um, boy, there's, there are, there are a lot of things to work out for sure. Wacy uh, left a comment on the Facebook live stream and he says, uh, we're going to have, he hate me names on jerseys here soon. <laughs> of course that was back from the original XFL XFL yeah. 1.0 back in the early 2000s. That was uh, Vic's, Vince McMahon's whole thing. So it will be interesting. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest, uh, residents of Saskatchewan fans of the riders, bombers, even the Eskimos and the Stampeders, if there is some sort of hybrid football, there's still going to be fans in the seats at Mosaic and Regina, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's four yeah, down question. football or whatever, right? Yeah. So, um, but uh, The Rock, uh, you know, is kind of just putting some gasoline on that fire uh, because he tweeted out on Saturday night that uh, we'll figure out a smart season that will create phenomenal opportunities for players. And then he went on to uh, say how, you know, he pro wrestled and he was, you know, working every night a year. And, he, you know, if there's, Anybody that knows anything about uh, recovery schedules and stuff like that, it's The Rock. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he said. Now, the other interesting point about the CFL, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Delvin Bro announced his retirement. Yep. Bryant, Bryant Mitchell announced his retirement earlier, uh, I guess it was last week. And then Adrian Tracy announced his retirement today as well. And the Adrian Tracy thing is interesting because right, in um, right in the article that I read, uh, Adrian Tracy said, you know, it wasn't all COVID related, but there was some uncertainty there in terms of how a 2021 season would look. And I just can't afford to be sitting around waiting around. So yep, yep. You know, there might be a little bit of a, you know, that could have happened with bro and Brian Mitchell too. I don't know the exact stories behind those two, but uh, you know, it's not good when these players and higher quality players are retiring because, you know, these players have come out and said, it's just too uncertain for us, which again, makes me think that the the CFL doesn't really have a plan or they're not communicating that plan to the players. Well, and that, and that's it. And that's the other thing that is of a little bit of concern. The last training camp I covered was 2019 and the waters were choppy between the association and the league at that time. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you know, Solomon Illumimian, he was a, a brand new rider, but because he was on the association, he had to travel around and kind of, you know, pitch what the league was offering. And eventually the players did take what was in front of the table. Many players weren't really appreciative or really didn't like the deal uh, that was in front of them. But the option is you might not play, right? And when you're talking about a ticket-driven league, there are some other challenges with that too. Uh, you talk about American players that have a, have announced their retirement. They can play for $10,000 less in the United States than Canada. As long as they live in the United States, they would make more money on the lower salary right just because of where the dollar is at and that's and that's a challenge too so there uh there are a few things to work out that that aren't really easy to figure out right now but um i've heard it from more than one person that uh, the discussions between the xfl and the cfl are more than just two leagues 
trying to promote football that there right. there could be something in the in the works that's uh, that's 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 pretty big and it would be unfortunate if we lost three down 110 yard football but it might be a necessary evil when you consider the challenges that the CFL has had in kind of making a go of it whether it's David Braley owning two teams or the league owning the Montreal Alouettes or you know whatever that situation might be Joe Peterson thinks that a CFL XFL merger would be awesome. It does have potential. I mean, it's intriguing when you look at it, right? So yeah. uh, we'll have to keep our eye on it and, and see where it goes. But a uh, little CFL news for this yeah. March and April. So yeah. that's kind of what's new in the CFL XFL world. Moving on to the National Hockey League. If you're a hockey fan, this news probably took you by storm last week. Uh, NHL official Tim Peel was caught on a hot mic basically admitting that uh, it wasn't much of a penalty against Nashville, but he basically wanted to, you know, call a makeup call. And uh, unfortunately for Tim Peel, he got fired over the incident. Now, Tim Peel was due to officiate his last game in April. So that might have had a little something to do with it too. But uh, yeah, the NHL acted swiftly and uh, that's a tough break for Tim Peel. And I don't, uh, you know, I understand the NHL was in a little bit of a sticky situation because, you know, the incident and everybody was calling for them to do something, but uh, I'll get your thoughts on it first and then I'll go into to my thoughts. Okay. Well, Nashville was up one, nothing in the second period of this game against Detroit. So there's 1245 or 1250 left to go in the second period. Uh, so we're about seven and a half, eight minutes in and Victor Arvidsson was penalized for uh, uh, a trip, uh, he his stick came nowhere near John Merrill's skates. If you look at the replay, there there, there wasn't a trip there. Uh, but Merrill went down, and you know, as Tim Peel had uh, reportedly or allegedly suggested, he wanted to call a penalty on Nashville early in the period. Just and and so this has brought about the debate of is a period in the is a penalty in the first period the same as a penalty in the third. Or do you start making up even up calls to try get the team that's down a goal into it? Or, you know, um, but the hot mic thing caught him. And here's here's what happened. It's actually, as he said, I wanted to call, he used the F word. So it kind yeah. of stood out. Like, like if it wasn't that, right? Um, yeah, he said, I wanted to call a bleeping yeah, penalty against Nashville. Right, Yeah, right. and then the hot mic went off. Yeah. The hot mic went off. And it was on the, it was on the broadcast. Uh, you know, so there's, there's two things to it. One is sort of that code and the flow of the game and how do you not interrupt the, the flow of a game and how do you, is, if you're the manager of the game, how do you make it the most entertaining you can? Uh, not that you should be doing that, but you want to make sure that both teams have a chance to showcase their stars and you want to make sure that the game is the game, right? And so that was one of the, one of the uh, points uh, I think that, that some were trying to make. But to the average fan that's never officiated, that's never played at that level, um, the optics of it are terrible. And so the NHL probably did what they had to do. Um, but having said that, I would suggest that this probably isn't anything new. I think mm -hmm. the hot mic caught them. Uh, yeah. But I think that if you look at some of the banter and chatter that used to go on in the NHL with referees and players, 15, 20, 25 years ago, it's probably not the same now. Um, and, you know, in, in, in also in this day and age, you know, there's there's lots of questions about the integrity of the game. 
And so the NHL, they probably felt their hand was forced. Uh, as you said, Tim Peel was set to officiate his last game. He was going to retire anyway. So maybe that'd give the NHL an opportunity to kind of, you know, make this a little bit easier. Although, you know, Tim Peel's reputation has been ruined uh, in the eyes of some because of what happened. Uh, but um, I, I don't think the NHL had any other course of action to take than the one they took, to be to be totally honest. I think if you're a hockey fan um, and you've played any level of hockey or sport, for that matter, football, basketball, I mean, there was the big uh, NBA refing gambling uh, scandal uh, yeah. from, from, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Major League Baseball. I mean, how often do the MLB umpires uh, come under fire? So I think that it would be pretty naive to say or assume that makeup calls don't happen if you've played any sport, because yeah. they do. I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I can fully admit that, you know, there's some penalties Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or whoever gets away with, or there's, you know, Matthews gets a little tug on the hands and it gets called a hook or whatever, right? Yep. Yeah. Makeup calls have always been part of the game. That's kind of where I stand on it. And, well, yeah, and, yeah. and the NHL what? did have to act, but I mean, what Tim Peel said, like you said, it was the hot mic that caught him because yep. what Tim Peel said is nothing new. We've all thought things we shouldn't have said. Yeah. Every human being, there's 7 billion of us on the planet. <laughs> We've all done it. Right. Uh, and that's, and that's, and, and that's the thing. Uh, and it's interesting, a little bit of a history lesson. Sadly, I'm old enough to remember this, but 1993, the Toronto LA series, when the officials just turned a blind eye to a Wayne Gretzky assault on Doug Gilmore, right. right. In that big series, you know, so um it's it, yeah, it's 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 nothing new. But in these times of um, technology with hot mics, you know, the NHL had to make sure that they upheld the integrity of the game by doing what they did. And I, and I don't think that they had any other choice, to be totally honest. Right. Uh, just back to the football thing for one second. Pamela left okay. a comment on our Facebook live stream and she said, give our up and coming student athletes a chance to play Canadian ball, yep. which is fair. Right. I mean, if you you know don't have an opportunity to go play to the. CFL, you know, what's the point of Pamela makes a terrific right. point. What yeah. was so, so back to football then what happens to the CFL CIS draft? Yeah, exactly. We could right. spend a whole episode on, on this. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. So, but you it know, is a, a good point. Uh, you know, we, we are going to get uh, two experts on uh, Rod Smith, uh, sports center anchor. Uh, he, he'll be good enough to come on in the not too distant future. He played university football. So he'll know a thing or two about this. And of course he's great on, uh, he's great on the CFL coverage on TSN. And uh, uh, next month we'll also have Chris Cuthbert on uh, the golden goal call. We'll talk about that because that's my favorite topic when it comes to Chris's, but um, we'll, we'll talk a little football now. And of course uh, he's with uh, Sportsnet and Rogers now, so he can uh, speak what's on his mind with regards to uh, where this, where this might go. Rod Peterson, uh, of course, is doing great things down in Regina. He's watching. And, hey, Rod. Uh, I can't actually see those emojis. Maybe it's just because my uh, old computer sucks. But uh, anyways, thanks for <laughs> tuning in, Rod. Rod. Hey, Rod. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. Throw that emoji back up, Ian, if you can. I, 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 can't, I, got, see, I can't see that. I just get two I, blank I, I, squares. I don't know. I, hopefully, it's, <laughs> hopefully it's a round of applause, but he could be cuffing me in the back of the head, too. I don't know. But that's no, great. But uh, Rod, Darren DuPont, and everybody at IKS Media, they're doing a a great job on the game network with, uh, yep. with the Rod Peterson shows. So good stuff.
Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, of course, is your number one home for the Western Hockey League's Saskatoon Blades, which we will get to in just a moment. But keep in mind that uh, you can watch every single Blades game at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon on the corner of Circle and Idlewild. Uh, The Blades were playing the Prince Albert Raiders. They actually were playing them at 4 o'clock. So I think that game is over now, and the Saskatoon Blades uh, did indeed win. So... We'll uh, touch on the blade season in a little bit, but make sure you come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar food and drink specials every time the Saskatoon Blades step on the ice. Uh, Sticking with the NHL, the Washington Capitals are hot, as is Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's amazing to it's amazing to watch the Caps go right now because they are just unstoppable. They've won nine of 10 right now, and they are literally being led by Alexander Ovechkin. Although we saw you and I were watching the late stages of a game. Was that yesterday or my days are all running together. It was that Saturday when, you know, big Zidane Ochera on the back end, mm-hmm. you know, he, he <laughs> it's interesting because he just plays the angles, right? Brad McCrimmon, great, great defenseman who uh, Ron McClain made the point that, you know, when you think about Brad McCrimmon, and all the defensemen that played with him, whether it be Chris Pronger or um, Al McInnes or Ray Bork, a bunch of Hall of Famers, Mark Howe, um, he always talked about playing the angles, right? Well, Zdeno Chara, with that big size of his, that's all he does too. He just gets in the way of the of the you know the player and the net, and just clears pucks. And uh, you know that's that's one of the things they've been pretty stingy. But I also saw on Sunday, I think Tom Wilson, public enemy number one. <laughs> Yeah, two goals, didn't goals. he? Yeah. Yes, he did. He scored a couple of goals in a in a big win as well. Uh, so they're they're getting it from everywhere, right? They're yeah. getting they're 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 really they really are a well rounded team, and uh, and you can tell that they still have quite honestly a few cup champions from a couple of years ago hanging around, and that that really makes a difference when it comes to to the play right now. So yeah, they've uh, they've reeled off nine of ten. Jeff Blosky thinks the NHL needed a scapegoat with the whole Tim Peel situation. Uh, so it had to happen to a guy that's about yeah. to retire. And, I, you know, you wonder if it's like a guy like, let's say, Wes McCauley, who is arguably probably the, the most respected, or yeah. if not one of the most respected NHL officials. You wonder if he said something like that, if it would happen to him. And I think Tim Peel has been in the news before. Yes, I do too. But I can't remember what, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that could have something to do with it too, but... Uh, An interesting point from Jeff. The National Predators have won five straight. The Toronto Maple Leafs have won three straight. They're playing against the Edmonton Oilers as we speak. Last time I saw, it was two to one. Of course, uh, Chris Cuthbert is calling that that game. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you you can get on that. I'll monitor uh, monitor that behind me. We'll uh, look at the back of your head. That makes for good. (laughs) Yeah, that is my best side. Um, By the way, the Blades won tonight for nothing. Yes. So they are 8-0-1. In yeah. the WHL's uh, in the East hub. Division hub. Yeah, exactly. So Colton Dock, Chase Waters, Colton Dock had two. Uh, Waters and Tristan Robbins uh, were the goal scorers in that one. Another interesting note about the uh, NHL, Garrett Pilon was called up to the Capitals taxi squad. Lane Peterson was called up to the Arizona Coyotes uh, taxi squad. Okay. What's uh, interesting about that, both of them are Saskatoon minor hockey alumni. Yeah. And that is now nine Saskatoon minor hockey alumni that are on uh, NHL rosters this season. So the SMHA is doing great things, developing young talent and getting them to uh, the best hockey league in the world. There you go. That's good. That was uh, that. that. Can you see that? 
Yes, very good, Ray. Yes, this is a this is a live look in Ray Morrison's home office. There it is. What did we get to deserve that? Two, two. We're probably not supposed to do that. We probably just broke some copyright rules by doing that. Uh, <laughs> and then I think I forgot to look at the score. I think it's two one for the Maple Leafs with five oh six to go in the second period. This has gone on way too long. <laughs> is basically what you're saying. No, no, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, pointing out what's happening here. So. I think that covers all of our topics, anyways. Uh, one more Western Hockey League note: um, yeah. on days where there are standalone games, yeah, those games will now start at 6 p.m. So that does affect uh, a couple of Blades games. Okay, but um, you know, originally when there was only one game on the schedule, they were starting those games at eight o'clock still, but uh, they have moved those standalone games to six o'clock, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's another interesting note uh, from the Western Hockey League that just dropped not too and, long ago. So. The Buffalo Sabres are still at six wins, too. So we've done this uh, podcast, <laughs> or the past three episodes, I should say. The past three episodes, uh, we've been talking about the Buffalo Sabres losing streak, and yet here we are yep. still talking about the Buffalo Sabres losing streak. Yep. Oh, and yeah, no, it is it is incredible. And now Taylor Hall has basically openly admitted that, yeah, if an opportunity came to... If an opportunity came to get out of here, I would, I would take it, yeah. you know, and then, and the yeah. stall's gone. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, um, I, I, I don't know how ownership can run an NFL team so well and an NHL team so poorly. And I know <laughs> you made that point three weeks ago and we're still, we are still asking the same questions. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know, so- I don't know what to tell you. Well, it was interesting. So Eric Stahl, of course, went to your Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Another note uh, about that is that they changed the quarantine rules from 14 days to seven days. So that might make for a little more exciting of a trade deadline. But one of the reporters, one of the questions Eric Stahl was asked was, so you're in Buffalo. You know, what? what's going on in Buffalo that has made this so bad? And Eric Stahl said, hey, that's not for me to figure out anymore. So I get the sense yep. that nobody is enjoying playing in in buffalo and i think if you're general manager kevin adams you just got a fire sale the whole thing right yeah so let's start over yeah for sure and start over so i think that wraps it up for this week's edition of That's the it. yxe sports podcast of course we do have that um gift card gift certificate to wendell clark's classic grill and bar to give away and pamela is the winner of course she was wondering about uh you know bringing young Canadian football players up through the ranks. So uh, Pamela, make sure you get a hold of us and we'll find a way to get that gift certificate in your hands. Hopefully by this time next week, which is Easter Monday, but I think we're still going to go. I think so. Yeah. Because why not? Why not? Um, Exactly. So we'll still go next week and uh, hopefully we're back at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Hopefully we're uh, all unsnowed by this. Yes. Yep. Yep. Thanks uh, for everybody uh, for watching. Uh, it sucks that everybody's going to have to break out the shovels, but that is Saskatchewan. So uh, that's just a fact of life here on the prairies. Stay safe. Uh, happy Easter. And we will talk to you next week.